This is a podcast for the dreamers, a place to feel nourished and seen, a place to call in our highest path possible and to explore our desires, hopes, wishes, and dreams. I'm your guide, Emily Elliott. Welcome to The Magnetic Life. Hello and welcome to episode 48 of The Magnetic Life. I'm here today with Dana. She's a minimal matters professional organizing person who helps people to bring more time, money, and calm into their life by seeing what's hidden underneath it all. Incredible work. Welcome. So happy to have you here today, Dana. Thanks, Emily. I'm so happy to be here. Yay. Well, I stumbled upon your work through the beautiful Kelsey Rydell, and I was like, you know, this is one of the principles of magnetic living. When your physical space is in order, there's more room for energy to move. And so I was excited to get people to learn and talk about what is, you know, this idea of clutter affecting your life? What emotions does clutter bring up for people? Clutter can bring, I think, a roller coaster of emotions all at once. Some days you can feel them all together. So some of them that I think come are sadness. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we can feel some anger. Mm. Um, I'm not sure if we consider shame an emotion, but shame can definitely be there. And then also happiness too. And sometimes we can feel all of this all at the same time. So sadness can ha- happen when we, maybe we have uh, belongings of our loved ones that have passed away. Mm-hmm. And so we're reminded of the loss of that loved one when, we ha- when we're looking at those belongings. Mm-hmm. Or maybe we have you know, notes and letters and pictures tucked away in a box in a closet somewhere. And we don't realize it, but subconsciously we know they're there and they may be taking us back to a difficult time in our lives. Mm-hmm. Um, so we don't realize that we can let that stuff go. Um, shame, you know, maybe we've overspent or we are overwhelmed with the volume of things in our house. And so we feel shame that we can't seem to maintain our houses mm-hmm. or shame and self-judgment over no longer fitting into the clothing that's fitting that's hanging in mm-hmm. our closets. And anger, I mean, sometimes I think anger can surface. Maybe we've been left to tend to the the decluttering a household of a loved one, and we might tend to feel some anger or, again, maybe more sadness that we're the ones that are left to deal with this. Why did our loved ones leave this for us when we're overwhelmed with grief from their loss and we have to deal with their belongings now? Um, But after decluttering, (laughs) We'll realize that we're lighter Mm -hmm. and we'll start to feel happiness. And also when we're going through these things, some happy memories can be brought back in. Mm -hmm. So, so many memories can be held with the clutter in our homes. Wow. That was such a beautiful, potent reflection. And it's, you know, you're really raising this beautiful point that as we walk around our home, everything is a symbol, right? So it, it takes up energy on our mind, body, and spirit to kind of look, integrate, and have an emotion. And we know through the work of Dr. Joe Dispenza that we are just walking around as thought, feeling, belief people. So if our stuff is, you know, triggering thoughts, especially maybe more, you know, negative or sometimes sad ones, um, we have to be like ninja, um, devoted to how we are 
arranging our beautiful homes. Like it's almost like a mini um, universe of our mind is around us, right? So that is such a cool reflection. Thank you for all those shares. Yeah, every I don't think we realize that every single item in our home is energy and it's talking mm-hmm. to us or at us and connected to us. And we have to manage every single item in our homes. Yeah. Um, you know, make a home for it, know where to put it, uh, maintain it, clean it, sometimes paint it. So it's all inventory that we need to manage and it's all talking to us, whether we realize it or not. Yes, it's so true. And you know, it's funny, even in a relationship. So, you know, when you move in with someone, sometimes there's a bit of this merging of the stuff, right? So I am very minimalistic, clean, white and airy. And my husband is like stuff. He wants to look at absolutely everything, have everything around him. And so even just these ideologies of what's best, like bringing it together with a partner can be its own exercise in what is considered the right stuff to have in your house. So that's a funny side note that just came up in my mind. (laughs) Very tricky, right? Because everybody has a different clutter threshold. So I think I'm more like you, Emily. I like to have, I'm more inspired when I have some white space around me, Mm -hmm. but then other people actually feel more comfort and more inspired when they have more things around them. They, they need the things to look at to gain inspiration. So really difficult to harmonize those two things when you come together as a couple. But Yeah. So my husband and I had this kind of like funny bantery argument. And I said to him, um, you know, all of these principles of, you know, Marie, uh, is it Kondo? Is that her last name? Kondo, Marie Kondo. Marie Kondo. And all these other principles are saying that your success and money will come when your space is just so dialed. And he was like, yes. And here's a picture. There was a couple CEOs. I can't say with for sure um, accuracy, but it might've been Nike. Um, But he showed different CEOs and how their whole office is like a giant playground. I'm like, my brain would not be able to calm down. So I think it's finding the balance of these principles, even maybe within a relationship. It's like, do we have to have a room that's all white and then a room filled with stuff? It's it's a fascinating topic when you're in a relationship, right? Absolutely. So, um, Dana, what are some of the reasons that people don't want to get rid of their stuff like what is this what do you kind of experience as people are like oh I don't know about that one like what is coming up for them when they feel attached first I think it actually I think we are hardwired to hang on to our things Mm. going back to our hunter-gatherer days we needed to hold on to whatever we were able to get for our own survival But now, thankfully, we have hardworking farmers and corner stores and online shopping, so we don't have to hold on as much. But I do believe that we are hardwired to do that. Um, Fear, I think, is one big reason that people hold on because we have a tendency, perhaps some of us, to have more of a scarcity mindset. So I might need that someday. Mm. So I think fear makes it hard to let go. Also guilt. I don't want to add to a landfill or I spent a lot of money on that, but we don't realize that, you know, the money was gone the moment we spent it. It's not coming back by having it hang in our closets or sit in our cupboards. So fear, guilt, 
Um, perhaps the stuff represents a fantasy self. Maybe we want to consider ourselves a musician. So we hang on to that guitar, even though we never reach for it, mm. or we want to be athletic, but we never get that snowboard out in the winter, or maybe we want to be a crafter. So sometimes these items can represent our fantasy selves that we mm. hope to be someday. Uh, also items are sentimental, right? We, we, a lot, we have a sentimental connection. And I think what we believe when looking at an item is that the memories are living in that item, but really they're living within ourselves. So it takes a while to build that decluttering muscle to be able to let go of sentimental items. And I'm not saying let go of all of them, but those memories are inside us, not with the things. And sometimes I think we're holding on to things because there's a void in our life, only we don't really realize it. So just like when we eat to fill a void. I think sometimes we shop and think these things are filling a void. And then the last thing I come, I can think of is overwhelm. People don't know where to start. How to, where do I start? And and how do I start letting go? So lots and lots of reasons. Hey, this is so good. I love what you said about the memories living within. And you're right about where to start. Like, you know, maybe we need a tech upgrade or different things in our life. And the top reason we put it off is just overwhelm. So it's like finding the right professionals in our life to be like, I got you. Boom, 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 boom. And then some people might want, you know, you to be the person to continue on. And some people might be like, okay, let's teach. Can you teach me the new strategies to help me thrive? So that is um, really helpful for many people, I'm sure. I have an innate ability to organize and purge, but a lot of people don't. They're like, this is not my wheelhouse. <laughs> yeah, I think um, some of us are more naturally inclined, but but decluttering and organizing is a skill that anyone can learn. But just some of us weren't taught how to do it or weren't born with that innate ability. Um, but definitely call in a professional, yeah. have someone to give you a kickstart, teach you some tips, and then you can get rolling on your own. Absolutely. So then, Dana, after people um, kind of go through this process with you, their house is looking cleaner, more vibey, energy's flowing. How do you break the cycle of people that might just want to then keep going, keep buying? Is there any kind of tips or tricks you offer people for prevention? (laughs) Well, first of all, I think people have to realize that it's going to be a slow, we have to implement new habits, right? So we didn't collect all of these things quickly. So it will take us some time to develop the new habits. Um, One of the things I I always recommend pausing before purchasing, it's one of the first things I talk to clients about, stop the inflow, like we can mop up the water, but if we don't fix the leak, we're just constantly going to be mopping up the water. And to an extent, decluttering and organizing is a perpetual thing because to live is to consume. So things are going to come into our house, but we need to also let go when we're bringing in the new. Um, But pausing before purchasing, put, put it in your cart, but don't hit, you know, submit your, don't submit your order just yet. Think about it for a few days. And after a few days or a day, even if you're still thinking it and still wanting it, then go ahead and buy it. But pausing before purchasing, um, gratitude, having gratitude for what we already have. Um, Go outside and look at, if you're anything like me, I just, I get 
mesmerized by the sky and the birds and the trees. When I'm looking at those things, I don't need to purchase anything else. I am you know, just grateful for what the beauty that's around me already. So I think gratitude helps sometimes. Of course, um, unsubscribing, oh, pardon me, unsubscribing to emails yeah. or unfollowing influencers that, that seem to have us running to, to shop. Try doing that for a bit. Um, try a no-spend month or week or weekend. So you can set yourself your own rules. And of course, you know, you're going to spend on food and, and your household bills and gas for the car, but maybe pick a weekend to start and say, okay, I'm not going to treat myself to any new clothes that weekend. I'm not going to go to ice cream dates and coffee dates. I'm going to make my coffee at home. Just practice not spending for a couple of days. Um, maybe do a week once a month, see how that goes and then work up to a month. Of course, you're going to be spending with everyday necessities, but um, and you can set up your own rules, but that helps too as, as trying a no spend. Also having a, a larger savings goal. Hmm. So perhaps you want to have a vacation fund or when you're non- young, it's not so uh, fun to think about retirement, but retirement savings, or if you live in Canada and you have young children, we have the RESP, right? The Registered Education Savings Plan for hmm. our kids for post-secondary education. Um Having those larger savings goals will help, uh, you know, if I could buy this top or this could go towards our next vacation. So maybe having a larger savings goal would help. And then also try to identify why you feel the need to spend. Are you feeling down and you need to pick me up? Are you trying to fill some sort of void? Are you bored and just wanting a distraction? So all of those little things may help in pausing the purchasing. I think you really... um with the uh, fill a void or bored, I think that is where most people are like, eh, I'll just go get a coffee or a snack. So it's like, what exactly are we trying to circumvent? Is it fatigue? Is it not doing enough of what fills us up? And so it takes, I believe, about 60 days to form a new habit. So it's like, if you can just get yourself some sort of new pattern going. Often once we get the pattern going, then the bad habit is gone. But it's just about committing to that time frame, right? Where, okay, let's do this differently. So yeah, you really hit on some of the big ones that I'm sure we all can identify with. And what about in a moment? So let's say I'm at my desk and it's super cluttered and I have like all this stuff and piles and books and bills what is kind of like the first question you can ask yourself in like a state of overwhelm, whether it be your desk or your kitchen to just kind of like focus and ground and then be able to attack that pile? (laughs) I think if you're overwhelmed by everything, just starting, like clear a surface in front of you, a countertop, your desk, even if it's putting it all into a box so that you can then Take a breath. Do you remember why you got into entrepreneurship? For so many of us, it is because of the freedom that entrepreneurship can bring. But then we get bogged down with things like too much responsibility, decision paralysis, 
figuring out where to put our time and making sure we aren't up all night drinking coffee and eating treats as those not so hot patterns can emerge during times of stress and feeling a general lack of support. What's worse is we can see everything we desire, but we just don't know how to get there. What if we told you that you could enrich your weeks and days with a community of devoted, passionate, impact-driven, and health and lifestyle-anchored entrepreneurs who have shared values and believe that we can really, truly, actually all shine together? A space that focuses on individual and shared success and also a place to really just be yourself. In this space, we are equally devoted to big leaps in our business as we are to nurturing our highest health and happiness. Yet, we deeply know that we can have our cake and eat it too. If you are feeling the strong call for connection, accountability, a trusted group of like minds, weekly elevation, being called forward to your highest and a sacred place to move through the highs and lows of entrepreneurship, then the mastermind is for you. Check out the link in the show notes, kelseyridle.com forward slash mastermind. It's time for you to inspire the action that will bring you forward to everything you dream of. I think that that's a, a really great um, kind of offering is to just sometimes we make a massive story in our head that I don't know how to deal with all this. Like this is too much, but if you just show yourself, okay, I got a quarter of the desk done. Good. Now what? Right. And I think that's, it's like that with everything, how much work we have. Um, when we look at the massive mountain we can kind of go into paralysis but if it's like chunk by chunk where can I start you've at least taken a piece off of what you have to do and I feel like that's very good for the nervous system so I think that that's a a wonderful um kind of guide for people is just just start with something like maybe it's the bills go put them somewhere okay now your brain has 25 percent less to look at because I believe the less there is to look at, the more we can just kind of like dial into creativity and all the things that we need to do. So just start. (laughs) Right. And five minutes, five minutes matters and five minutes will contribute to progress. Mm -hmm. So, so step back, take your breath, um, clear a surface and give yourself a bit of white space or your brain, a bit of a break and, um, and go from there. Yeah, no, I love that. I love that so much. So, Dana, when, you know, you've kind of done this purge, you said people kind of have some guilt around um, what, where is my stuff going to go? So um, I know you don't want to take it straight to the landfill, which is super admirable. So what are kind of the ways that you repurpose or recycle or get some of this stuff injected back in the world in a non-wasteful way? Well, there are plenty of charities around that accept donations. Mm -hmm. Um, I have some 
close to me that I know when they, they sell the items, those funds go right back into the community and supporting those in need. Um, there's also charities that come like Canadian Diabetes and Cystic Fibrosis that will come to the home mm -hmm. and um, do pickups so you don't even have to drive around with them in your car for three months. You put them on your porch, make a phone mm -hmm. call, and they, they come pick it up. And they too then would sell these items I'm not quite sure to whom, but they will then raise money for their charities. There's lots of shelters that can use items. Mm -hmm. um, even um, animal shelters, if you have older towels that aren't really good for resale, but shelters obvious, uh, often like towels and cleaning supplies, even that you're no longer using, they will often take those in. There are plenty of ways right. to, and plenty of, you just have to do a bit of research in your yeah. own area about where the donation centers are. But I will add, Emily, that um, I think realistically, whatever we purchase will often end up in a landfill. Ultimately, we may not be the ones putting it there, but years down the road, it may end up, it often, like we will end up in a landfill. So that's another reason to really pause before purchasing and consider, mm -hmm. do I really need this item? Yeah, I definitely, you know what I'll do? I'll buy the item. Sorry, before I buy the item, I will say, okay, I want this. I like this. You have to take a walk around the whole mall and like go to your walk with the kids, whatever, give them a snack. And then if it's still a burning yes, you can have it. That's perfect. But that's your it, that's your pause before purchasing and really yeah. thinking and considering. Yes. I'd say it like vets out like 60% of stuff. It's, it's just amazing. So that works for me. <laughs> and, you know, we were talking about financial goals earlier. Something else that works really well is um, if you have the time and desire, you can do some of the like Facebook marketplace or whatever. Yes. Yeah. Go. Yeah. You, can you have the patience for that, yeah. right? I actually don't. Um, yeah. I, and I don't offer that service to clients selling no. for them because it's, it's you know, people don't show up or they try to talk you down. I'm like, okay, I'm just going to donate it. And, and oftentimes, because my time's valuable. Time so, is so valuable. So I have a rule. It's like, okay, if the item is over a certain amount, like let's say a $250 coat, I'll throw it on Marketplace. But if it's like a $5 kid's shirt... No. So Perfect. you can kind of yeah. delineate what works for you um, and have your selling principles there. But I know some people get a real kick out of selling stuff on Marketplace, especially the bigger items, right? So, right. yeah. Um, so I'm sure you're anticipating this question. It comes every week on the podcast. But Dana, what do you think makes somebody magnetic? <laughs> Boy, I have two, but I'll, so I'll pick the, the first one that came to me, and that is a sense of humor and mm. the ability to laugh at oneself. It's something my mom taught me, uh, and I'm so glad she did because I was a really serious, sensitive kid, and she was the one who was like, Diana, you need to take yourself less seriously. So this life we live, it you know, it throws us a lot of curveballs, and it can be uh, upsetting and challenging at times. So I love someone who can laugh because um, if we, you know, if we don't laugh, we'll cry some days. So I just love a great sense of humor and someone who doesn't take themselves so seriously. I love that answer a lot. That's so beautiful. And I completely agree. There's 
those are the people you want to hang out with the most when you can laugh and not necessarily go down hours and hours of world issues. It's like, just get, find that lightness in your body. And everyone's drawn to the funny guy. I mean, one of my first crushes from Hollywood was Adam Sandler and it's his personality <laughs> followed by Vince Vaughn all the funny guys right <laughs> yeah it's something about a smile that really yeah. pulls me in so oh. well this has been so helpful Dana thank you so much um we've gone over kind of the emotions the reasons people don't get rid of stuff um and there's just so much juiciness in this episode I will direct people in the show notes where to find you, Minimal Matters PO on Instagram and your website as well. Thank you so much, Dana. We had so much fun here today and I'm so grateful for the opportunity to bring more energy and vibe into our lives through personal organization. It's been my pleasure, Emily. Thank you so much.